by the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those, Those were, were the, the days. And you knew when you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. Mr. We could use a man like Hybrid Hoover again. On December 5th, 2023, Norman Lear, the television producer who nearly single-handedly revolutionized American comedy in the 70s and 80s with a string of influential shows from All in the Family to The Jeffersons to Sanford and Son to Maud and many more, died from natural causes at the age of 101 in his Los Angeles home. His longtime publicist said, quote, Norman lived a life of creativity, tenacity, and empathy. He deeply loved our country and spent a lifetime helping to preserve its founding ideals of justice and equality for all. Knowing and loving him has been the greatest of gifts. We ask for your understanding as we mourn privately in celebration of this remarkable human being. Statements like these given to media outlets upon the passing of legendary figures often verge on the hagiographic, treating towering figures like near gods. But in the case of Norman Lear, it not only feels richly deserved, but strangely even feels like an understatement. Norman Lear is one of the most important, if not the most important figure in the history of modern television. Prior to Lear, television sitcoms were for the most part a realm of safe escapism or projections of the aspirational values of society. Shows like Gilligan's Island, Bewitched, Mr. Ed, and The Munsters were fun fantasies filled with ridiculous characters often plopped into absurd situations. While shows like The Andy Griffith Show, My Three Sons, and Leave it to Beaver were wholesome family fare depicting domestic tranquility with maybe a few low-stakes hijinks to impart some sort of milquetoast lesson for kids. Even the groundbreaking shows of the early days, such as The Honeymooners and I Love Lucy, largely hewed toward audience-pleasing bits of physical comedy and one-liners, with maybe a few sly adult references to the real issues of the day. Norman Lear blew up the entire form when he created All in the Family, which is adapted from a popular British show called Till Death Do Us Part for an American audience. The main character, Archie Bunker, was middle-aged, working-class, conservative, and outspokenly bigoted, and the show revolved around the clash between his values and the rapidly changing social mores of the time as he verbally sparred with a cast of characters, including his progressive daughter, Gloria Stivic, his hippie son-in-law, Michael Meathead Stivic, his more successful neighbor, George Jefferson, and the spacey but good-hearted wife, Edith Bunker. The show was hilarious and became an immediate sensation, attracting viewers from all ages with its edgy wit and brilliant performances. Rather than stick with easy laughs, however, the show tackled nearly all of the serious political, social, and cultural issues of the day, from racism to abortion to homosexuality to sexual violence to the protracted conflict in Vietnam. Nothing was too taboo. And because it was simultaneously important and successful, it ran for nine seasons across 205 episodes, all in the Family is often regarded as one of the greatest television shows in history, making the top five of nearly every list ever assembled, including TV Guide's 50 Greatest Shows of All Time. But Lear didn't stop there. With the massive success of All in the Family, Lear could basically greenlight any show he wanted, but his endlessly creative energy and social progressivism ensured that he never simply opted for a quick paycheck. He followed up All in the Family with some of the most successful spin-offs in television history, The Jeffersons and Maud. Once again, he eschewed easy laughs for genuine poignancy and socially conscious storylines, transforming Sherman Hemsley and B. Arthur into household names. And then there were Good Times and Sanford and Son, each a classic in their own right, and cementing Lear's status as one of the most important voices in entertainment history, 
finally telling stories that centered on the experience of black Americans in this country with warmth, empathy, and wit in a way that had never been done before. But even though some of the messaging could be powerful and moving, Lear never lost sight of the main goal of sitcom television, make them laugh. And at his peak, nobody did that better with more than 120 million viewers tuning in every week to his shows. In an interview in 2005, Lear said, quote, originally with all the shows, we went looking for belly laughs. It crossed our minds early on that the more an audience cared, we were working before on average 240 live people, if you could get them caring. The more they cared, the harder they laughed. And for the past 40 plus years of his life, rather than simply bathe in the afterglow of such an incredible television career, Norman Lear tirelessly advocated for the things he cared about most, founding an organization called People for the American Way as a counterpoint to, for the Christian rights agenda, earning a National Medal of Arts from the White House in 1999, along with countless Lifetime Achievement Awards, and purchasing an original copy of the Declaration of Independence for $8.1 million to tour around the world so people could experience the birth certificate of this country. There will never be another Norman Lear. I'm Derek Kaufman. I'm Eric Colley, filling in for Jason Beckerman. And this is Last Days, Norman Lear. Eric, I brought you on this podcast because as we talked about Norman Lear's death in the newsroom today, I was struck by how many people don't really understand how big and important he was. We work in an environment with a lot of 20 and 30 year olds. So I wanted to bring someone on who actually had a sense of the history of television. And you are one of the biggest Norman Lear fans in the office. And as a matter of fact, have rewatched All in the Family in its entirety recently. So tell me a little bit about what you thought of him. It's, it's incredible. You know, we, we grew up in that generation. We were a little bit too young for these shows when they were on the first time or weren't even alive for them. But we, I, I watched them in reruns after school. That's how I saw One Day at a Time and Good Times and all those shows. So I knew who Norman Lear was. And it, it's weird because to me, that's just what TV shows were. Yeah. That's what we always knew. And when you start to learn that history and you go back and see, as you said, you look at the things in the 60s and they're ridiculous. They're they're they're, they're, absurd. they're fun. I don't well, want to take I away from shows. the Adams Family and the Monsters. These are shows I adored. I love Lucy, the Honeymooners, but they seem like time capsules. They 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 don't age like a Norman Lear show, which seems as urgent as it ever as it ever was. The themes are still themes that we deal with, right? And and the thing with All in the Family, the first I think it was the second or third episode ever of the series, the character of Gloria has a miscarriage. That was so taboo. You don't talk about that on television. And it did, to, to Norman's point, to make you care about the characters, you instantly felt like you knew this girl your whole life. And you cared about her, and you saw Archie for being this loud, big-mouthed, bigoted person. You saw him instantly become her father. Yeah, he created a, a, an empathetic figure around a bigot. And now we live in an age of television where antiheroes are bigger than heroes. And Archie Bunker, although it was in a sitcom context, I don't want to necessarily say he's Tony Soprano or he's Don Draper. He's a little bit similar in that he was complicated. You know, he was a character who would say, you know, ethnic slurs on the te- on, on television shows. And he was a character who believed those things and his ignorance sort of showed itself. But the characters around him and how he learned throughout the episodes, not in a treacly way, but in a, in a real genuine manner, sort of opened you up to him. You loved Archie Bunker. Everyone yeah. did. And, 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 and dude, these times now are so divisive. I mean, there's always political divides, but we're in an extra pretty bad time right now, like the early 70s, where everybody just hates everyone. And that's the thing about this show. And Norman Lear was a very liberal, outspoken liberal person. So those are his views. And it could have been tempting to portray Archie as just the bad guy, as the butt of the joke all the time. And often he was, but so was 
meathead. That's right. The overly aggressive hippie liberal, kind of hypocritical at times. Uh, you could portray him as, as the bad guy, but the show didn't do that. It humanized him, and you understood a lot of things. As you said, I've been rewatching the whole series, I've, so it's weird like that he's died now. It seems like it's a, a current thing to me. But uh, there was an episode where, where Edith, the wife, tells the hippie, she's like, you know why he hates you so much? Because you are going to college, and you have your whole life in front of you, and you can do whatever you want. He dropped out of school in seventh grade to take care of his family, and then he was drafted in World War II, and then he got married and had a kid. He's never had a chance to live his own life, and you get to do that, and he's jealous. And it just you suddenly, like, the whole series just changes focus. You're like, that's who this guy is. Yeah, it, it, it unlocks it for you because it really is a, a clash of values. I mean, he is conservative and bigoted, and it's easy to just sort of play that for laughs. But when they unlock the show in that way and say, hey, he's actually a guy who very early on had his life kind of cut short and had to take care of a family, you start to see him in, in more human terms. Because right. it was tempting to see Meathead, if you're a young person watching that show at the time, as the guy who gets it and he understands the progressive values of the day and that this guy's an old timer and the world is just passing him by. And it's easy to just sort of dismiss someone like Archie Bunker. But because he centered the show around him, you couldn't just dismiss him. He was the fulcrum of the show. Right. Errol O'Connor turned in this these incredible performances week in and week out and made you like that bigot who was calling, you know, George Jefferson names on, on oh, yeah. television. That and we George would Jefferson never called him back to see. That was a thing, too. The, the thing where it is so revolutionized, I think. It didn't change culture, but it reflected it in a way it never had been seen before. Then you have, you know, Good Times has this poor black family struggling to get by, but, you know, they're they're making it and you love these characters. But then on the flip side, you have the Jeffersons, who are a black family, who are incredibly wealthy. And George Jefferson had his own prejudices. It just, the thing Norman Lear always showed is it had these broad stereotypes and they could be milked for laughs. But he also understood that humans are complicated, and those shows presented that. None of these characters were one-dimensional in any sort of way. We'll go ahead and take a break and come back with more on Norman's legacy. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. You hear so often when you talk about television history that The Cosby Show was the first show that showed a, a, an upper-class black family. Not, not necessarily the case. The Jeffersons were proudly entrepreneurial. He owned that dry cleaning business. They were moving on up. They moved up to, to, right. the, to the east side. Now, Good Times was certainly a different look at, at a family. They were impoverished. They lived in the projects, but they were sort of a proud family. And, you know, each of the kids in that family, I, I watched some of that show in, synd in syndication and, you know, JJ was a breakout star. There's no right. doubt about it. He was the artsy one. He was the Casanova. All he had the, the catchphrase, dynamite. He had dynamite. But there were two other kids. One was kind of nerdy and one was sort of representing the hopes and aspirations of the family moving forward. One was kind of like Meathead. He always had that character who was very, very liberal. This one was sort of more militant and, and you know, sort of like a Black Panther sort of right. type character. But they weren't always the most thoughtful characters. You know, Meathead was 
funny and he was right on a lot of issues, but he wasn't the most thoughtful guy in the world. And that's why he was called Meathead. There were a lot of times he was very like misogynistic towards his wife. He's like, I'm all for women's lib until it inconveniences me. Yes. So he would expose that hypocrisy. And the character of Maude was the liberal flip of Archie Bunker, which is also something else. Norman Lear, you know, we talk about like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and this interconnected thing. So you have all in the family, the Jeffersons are their neighbors. They get their own spinoff show. Uh, Edith's cousin on the show is Maude, who gets her own spinoff show. Her housekeeper was Florida, who is the spinoff of Good Times. So all these shows were, he had this, the Norman Lear television universe, basically. It's unbelievable. It's like Happy Days in that sense. It's such a fertile ground for all of these other massive shows. You know, Happy Days had Mork and Mindy, other gigantic shows. All in the Family did that first. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they really did. It created the Norman Lear cinematic universe, as you're saying. And what is most profound to me and what I always found compelling about Norman Lear is a lot of showrunners they're telling their own story. There's a sort of narcissism and an autobiographical sort of element to people who are really good showrunners. They're bringing their perspective to the world. And if it's interesting, we follow along. Norman Lear brought the perspectives of others into the world in a way that is profound. I mean, he was a a Jewish kid, you know, like he, but he centered black voices. He centered female voices during a time in television when you just didn't see that. Maude was not a squeaky clean housewife like June Cleaver Where's Maud? Oh, she went into the den. Well, custard cup, I have decided to join feminine fulfillment. And are you in for a treat? Maud, wait! <laughs> what is that, saran wrap? That's right, bucket breath. She had an abortion in like she the had... second or third season. Like the year Roe versus Wade was passed, like went through the Supreme Court, they had this middle-aged woman get an abortion. Yes. She was, was a real rounded character. Right. George Jefferson the same way. He wasn't just a jive-talking bit character, a stereotype. He was a fully realized person, and you didn't see that in television. The Good Times was the same way. Sanford and Son even, for in a certain respect. I mean, Red Fox was already a legend by that point. But it really made them into rounded characters. You would laugh the entire season, but even in Sanford and Son, there was a real heart to the show. And that's what always carried those shows through. You cared about Archie. You cared about, you know, uh, Lamont and, and Fred. You just right. you just really were rooting for the characters. And he pulled that off better than anyone in his and, and the audience, I think, for the first time, I think every audience could see themselves represented in his shows in some way, form, or another. You had... You know, middle class characters, wealthy characters, white, black, there were Latinas. There was a, a single mom on one day at a time raising her two kids, a divorcee, which was something you did not talk about on television in the 70s. And so you had all these people from different different uh, generations, different class backgrounds, different races, different. there were, there were gay characters. It, he kind of represented everybody and everybody was the butt of a joke, but everybody was also a human that you cared about. So nobody was just dismissed as, oh, you're just a stereotype we mock. You're a person. And there, look, we'd be remiss if we didn't point out maybe the most human moment on any of his shows was an episode of Good Times where the husband had passed, I believe. James right. had passed. And it's become a meme. I think younger generations know about it. But at the time, the damn, damn, damn moment yeah, was he, simply incredible. Florida gotta, smashes the ball and goes, damn, damn, damn. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> When you see that as a, as a meme sometimes, it's just, it's funny because it seems so over the top. But when you watch that episode and the whole thing in context, it's heartbreaking. Like, it's hard it's to watch that with a dry eye. Yeah, it, re it really is incredible. And, you know, and in the wake of his passing, there's been no shortage of tributes to Norman Lear. Everyone from Hollywood icons like George Clooney and Jane Fonda to creators like David Simon and Tyler Perry have weighed in 
with equal parts respect, adoration, and awe at his career. I wanted to pause quickly on Jane Fonda, who is kind of like him, this larger-than-life figure who also cared passionately about social issues, although she had a bit more controversy in her past right. than Norman Lear ever had, but an interesting sort of uh, figure in her own right. But perhaps nobody knew and respected Norman Lear as much as Rob Reiner whose famous father, Carl Reiner, ran in the same circles as Norman Lear. Uh, Rob got his start in Hollywood with the role of Meathead on All in the Family because he would tell this story that Norman Lear, who hung out with him as a child, always saw him as funny, even though Carl Reiner said, my son's kind of dour, he doesn't have it. And Norman said, yes, he does, and put him on that television show. And then he continued to count on Norman Lear uh, to support his directorial ambitions uh, with The Princess Bride, Spinal Tap, and many more movies. You know, when Norman Harry Lear, Met Sally, Stand when, By Me, so many good movies. He produced those with right. him, and having Norman Lear behind you allowed Rob Reiner to blossom into the incredible director and he's become. To that point, to Norman Lear's vision, so the, the interesting thing, All in the Family, there are originally three pilots. They tried it three different times, and you can watch those. They're on YouTube. I, I watched some of them. ABC passed on it twice. Right. So you had Carol O'Connor as Archie Bunker, and you had Gene Stapleton as Edith and all of them. But the kids, different actors played them. And you see the other two guys that played Meathead, and they're fine. Sure. But you could just tell that chemistry just changed and clicked in the actual first episode with Rob Reiner. He was right. He was that Nepo baby or not, Rob Reiner, he was the right person for that role. That's right. He's the he's the and good can, example of Nepo baby. Yeah, you can see it. The other two, like I said, they were fine, but I don't know the show would have worked without that exact chemistry. Yeah. And so I wanted to give Rob Reiner the final word. You know, when Norman Lear died, he tweeted, I love Norman Lear with all my heart. He was my second father. And years ago, I found an interview he gave in which he shared his perspective on what made Norman Lear and his many shows so special. Well, Norman is, is what I refer to as a kuklafel. It's a Yiddish word. It means stir the pot, a ladle or a spoon that stirs the pot. He's uh, a person who just challenges you. He wants to get the most out of you and the most out of a situation. So um, he doesn't settle for anything. He wants to go deeper. He wants to make it edgier. He wants to make it tougher. So any issue that we were dealing with on All in the Family, he'd would force us to look into ourselves and what we felt about any particular issue and inject that into the, into the work. He always welcomed people's contributions. Um, and like I say, he stirred the pot.